I'd be driving down the freeway, heart beats out of my chest at night. I hit a panic attack and Man. it was kind of, it was a really scary moment in my life, but it drew me closer to God a, which was really a great benefit. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was preparing me for what's to come mm -hmm. because you know, anybody listening to this, anytime you get out of your comfort zone, start doing stuff that's new, mm -hmm. it shakes up your whole being, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're li you live in uncertainty. Welcome to the Closers Network Podcast, where we show you what's possible when you make a decision to join the remote sales revolution. This podcast is for you if you are currently trying to break into a lucrative remote closing opportunity, or if you want the resources to massively increase your monthly commissions. The e-learning space is an estimated $400 billion, and there are more than 250 million creators online and growing every day. We believe those who get into remote sales now will be massively rewarded in the future. If you're ready to explode your remote sales career and land better opportunities, join us for free at theclosersnetwork.com. Sit back and enjoy. All right, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Closers Network Podcast. We're excited to have you here today, guys. In fact, today we have a real treat in the house. The OG, the founder, and the CEO of the One Call Closers Company, the rich man himself, AKA the sugar daddy. What's up, rich man? Welcome. What's up, Mike? I'm happy to be here, man. I'm excited. Awesome, man. Well, glad to have you here. I'm excited. We got a lot of questions to ask. Uh, some from the crowd, uh, some of the questions that I'd maybe love to kind of ask you. But man, what I'd love to start with, Rich, if you don't mind sharing with us, like how One Call Closers even got started. Yeah, well, geez, man, that's like a, that's a loaded question right there. So how far back should I go on the story? Oh man, as far back as you want to go, you okay. know, how did you, I guess, yeah. Well, how did it, you know, how did it come together? Where did the vision come from? Did you have any uh, intention yeah. to have the company, you know, be at the scale it's at today or, you know, what yeah. was the vision when you started it and, and compared so, to where we're at now? So, okay. So what I'll tell you is, um, after college, right. I was, I was dating a girl uh, named Haley. She's now my wife. I got married at 24 years old and finished school, finished college, wanted to get married. And so naturally what I did is I took a job with my dad. So I was working for an aerospace company and he's like, well, hey, Rich, like, you know, here's a job. Right. So I was like shipping and receiving clerk. And then I was doing the truck driving for the organization. And early on, my wife and I, we started having kids. Right. So a year goes by. We have a kid. Another year goes by. We have two kids three kids now. So uh, just imagine this. I, I have three kids married and I'm working still as a shipping receiving clerk and a truck driver. And I was making about $20 an hour at the time, 20 bucks an hour, $20 an hour at the time. And I was living on the outskirts of LA. So, you know, this Mike, right. You know, living with three kids on the outskirts of LA in California, you don't like uh, you're broke, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were broke. Um, and what I can tell you is I just got to a point in my life where I was, I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like to the point where my wife was just, you know, we, we should be going to get groceries. And she, like, there was multiple times where our car just wouldn't go through. We were, you know, in the red in our account, we would get the overdraft fees and it was just like, man. And then as a man, you're like, dude, I need to like do something right. Like this mm -hmm. is not, this is not working out. And so I'll tell you the day that really changed my life. 
is when I got, when I first got married, I was a, I was a video gamer, right? I, I love to play video games. And so much so that I would like not spend like I wouldn't sleep with my wife because I want to be playing video games at night. Wow. So like my wife would go to sleep, Haley would go to sleep. I would go play video games. And early on, my, my wife just hated it. And it was actually a, a point of contention in our marriage, right? It was like, dude, don't play video games. Yeah. Like, stop playing video games. You got better things to do. And I was like, I love playing video games. So one night we had an argument and she said, Rich, you, you, you can't play video games anymore. Like it was a serious conversation, mm -hmm. right? It was like a serious, like, you're not going to play video games. Mm. And so what I did, man, and this is kind of the turning point in my life. When I, I stopped playing video games that day. But what I did is I replaced that habit with something else. And that habit of something else was I wanted to learn. So I went on YouTube and I'm like, you know, what? I just want to see what the heck's out there. Like, what are people doing to make money? And that was the habit that I replaced video gaming with. And I'll never forget. I think it was in 2016 or 2015 uh, with this, when this happened. And for the first time, I realized, dude, there's people online making money. Mm. Like, Whoa, that you was had a, the epiphany. That, that was like a mind blowing thing. Like I didn't even know online business was even a thing. Mm. And as soon as I realized there was people online making money, I was fascinated. So that habit of playing video games just turned into a quick habit of every night, not like I wasn't going all out, but every night I was going on YouTube and I was like, dude, I want to research. How did this guy build an online business? How did this guy build an online business? And then I found a guy named Pat Flynn. Oh, Pat Flynn. Yeah. From smart passive income podcast. Mm -hmm. And this dude revolutionized my life because look, we all have something that maybe we want to do. Right. But we just don't think it's possible. It's right. like, okay, cool. I can do sales, but the reality is I don't have any sales experience. Right. I'm a construction worker. I'm, yeah, I'm an, I'm a nurse. I'm a, it's like, yeah, that's cool for them, but not for me. Right. And that's how I thought about online business. I was like, you know what? You start feeling like these guys do it, but I don't think I can, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the smart passive income podcast had nine to fivers on there. And all they would do is they would just tell their story of how they were a normal nine to five person that started an online business. Mm. And so literally for a year from 2015 to basically 2016, I listened to this podcast almost every day. I mean, I was at my dad's job, truck driving. I would have the podcast playing. I would be sitting on the toilet in my dad's work. I would be playing the podcast and I soaked, I brainwashed my mind into believing that I could actually do something. So now you replace you know, having the yearning for video games to having a, a yearning for education and, and building up your skill set. Yes, essentially. Yes. This is exactly how it started. And then in 2016, what I did is I had a year of that brainwashing, looking at people, how they're building online businesses. I decided to, I decided to start doing stuff on my own, right? Like mm -hmm. there's one thing to go and search for information, but there, it's another thing to actually start putting the information into practice, 100%. you know? And so I knew I had to start doing stuff. So in 2016, I said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to start a little online business called Redemptive Fitness. Mm -hmm. And it was just a fitness little thing. I love fitness at the time. I competed in a physique show. So I'm like, if there's anything I'd love to make money around, it would be fitness. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to build a blog, how to build a website, how to create funnels, how to uh, make a product, how to do social media. I started Instagram in 2016, just making content. And I was starting to build a following and I was starting to implement all the things I was learning in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing results. I'm like, dude, this stuff is actually kind of working. Mm -hmm. And then the first day I made money online was uh, late in 2016, probably around 
uh, September of 2016. And I launched a course to my audience called the mass building method. Mm. And my audience was skinny guys that wanted to build muscle. Right. And so I launched this course and sure enough, I follow the uh, product launch format by Jeff Walker. It's a mm. book. You can, you can go buy the book and I follow his product launch formula. And sure enough, I get my first sale online. Wow. In September of 2016. What was that feeling like? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, it was just like a surreal feeling because it was, it made it seem like, wow, like it's possible, right? Mm -hmm. Now, again, it was only $67, but still, it was just You got like, someone to pay. I got somebody to pay, yeah. you know, I had somebody to pay and then I got another sale. And I, I forget after the launch was over, I thought I was going to do like thousands and thousands of uh, sales because I was like, man, I can just pump everybody up. But the reality is I think I made like 200 and $60. Wow. Right. <laughs> $260. But I was so fired up, Mike. And then from that point, I was like, I had the confidence at that point to say, you know what? I'm going to leave my dad's job. Wow. So 2016 is coming to an end. I'm like, dude, screw this job, you know, with my dad. Don't get me wrong. I was grateful, but at the same time, it wasn't the best environment. I wasn't making any money and we were dead broke. So I looked to my wife and I said, Hey babes, look, um, I'm going to quit my dad's job. And one thing I'll tell you is that I always had the support of Haley, mm. right? She always believed in me. Mm. Even when we were at our lowest or highest, she always knew that I had it in me. She just didn't know how to get it out of me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a frustrating thing with, with, with my, like my life because I always knew I had another level inside of me, but I was so afraid to bring that other level out. If mm. that makes sense. Dude, I got some goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. And, and Haley knew how to kind of do that for me. She was my inspiration along the whole process. So she says, Hey, if, if that's what you want to do, let's do it. Mm. So, uh, end of 2016, I put my two week notice in with my dad and sure enough, family goes haywire, right? They're like, what the hell's going on here? Rich is leaving this job. He's got no plan. He wants to sell the house. He wants to move over here near like Marietta and they're like, what the hell's going on with Rich? Mm. Like, this is just so stupid. Like, he's just acting stupid, right? To them, it's not making sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. How are you going to support your family? Like, how are you going to make money? And to me, none of that stuff mattered because I already knew in my heart that what I was doing now was not working. And the, and the, and the worst case scenario, me and my wife played it out. And for anybody that wants to do anything, I always think you should play out the worst case scenario yep. because when you play out the worst case scenario, it's either I can live with that or I can't live with that. And mm -hmm. if you can live with worst case scenario, then you might as well do it. But if you mm -hmm. can't live with worst case, then maybe you should think twice about it, right? Maybe there's another path. So our worst case was, look, doesn't work out for us. We freaking go homeless. We weren't going to be on the streets. We could have moved in with my, my wife's parents. My, my wife was fine with it. She's like, Hey, we'll just move with my parents. If stuff doesn't work out. I was like, well, if you're down, I'm down. Right. Makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. So that gave me a lot of confidence to go forward with the plan. So I put my two weeks in, didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I was like, well, if, if I can't find something else, I'm just going to start like a little social media agency and I'm going to help other business owners drive traffic. I said, I'm just going to go door knock all the businesses I can find, I know I can make, you know, $8,000 a month doing this. I just, I just believed in myself at that point. I was like, I could do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, two weeks, I put my two weeks notice in, uh, I'm searching like on deed on indeed, which is a, a job finding app. And I see this 
this job that says, hey, we're looking for a guy that is passionate about fitness, wants to change the world, and we're looking to hire ASAP, right? And you know where I'm going with the story, Mike, because me and you both worked here. But I uh, I saw this ad and it intrigued me, right? I'm like, okay, that, that sounds like me. So I go for an interview and sure enough, it's at a place called Fit Body Bootcamp, right? I go for an interview, had a really good interview with a, nanny, a lady named Jasmine. Jasmine. Right? Jasmine, yeah. 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 yeah, she was in like the marketing department or something mm-hmm. like that. And so we hit it off. She says, hey, you know what, Rich? I'm going to set you up with one more interview. It's with my boss. His name is Bedros. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea who the heck Bedros was, right? I thought he was like a short little Mexican dude, gonna be like a little, <laughs> like a little pudgy short Mexican dude, is what I was thinking. And and sure enough, I come in for the second interview and I meet Bedros, and he's got another guy with him, really, you know, he's pretty jacked, yoked dude. I'm like, man, who's this guy? He looks serious, you know. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I go into that interview, man, and this is the day that I really knew my life was gonna change. I I mean, I had I, I, I kind of get into it, but I'm talking to Bedros and he's like, Hey man, what's up? Like, what do you do? I'm like, well, Hey, you know, like I'm working at my dad's company, but I built this little online business thing and I've had some sales and he starts questioning me on it to really understand, like to really see, do I know what the hell like I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, what do you do? How'd you do? Like, how'd, what'd you do to build your audience? And I'd answer. He's like, okay, what'd you sell your product for? I'm like, oh, it was this. Did you have any upsells? I was like, yeah, I had this and this. He's like, what was your conversion rate on your landing page? I was like, oh, it was this. Did you upsell anybody? I was like, yeah, I did. He's like, what was your upsell rate? It was this. And he's like, okay. So he was like questioning me to really figure out, is this guy, like, is he honest? Is he, is he telling me the truth? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking to him and he's like, okay, is everything kind of checked out. And then he goes on to tell me, he's like, Hey, by the way, do you know who like Vince Salmani is and Elliot Hulse? And, um, he names off like three or four big, big influencers. I'm like, yes, I've been following them like online. Like I've been Salmani was a big fitness guy. Elliot Hulse was a big fitness guy. Mm-hmm. They inspired my journey. Like starting in 2015, I found oh. these guys. He's like, yeah. Oh, by the way, they're in my mastermind. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, they're in your mastermind. So that's when I got chills running down my arm because he was the he was the guy behind those big guys, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I was like, I knew there was somebody behind the scenes, and you're that man. Mm-hmm. And so I got chills running down my arm. I was like, okay, I knew I I had to be close to this guy. I knew something about this guy was like he was gonna just being near him was gonna change my life. Anyways, I leave that interview. It's a long story. I don't want to probably get into all that. I leave the interview. I didn't take the job. There's some things that happened, but eventually Bedros found me and I ended up getting the job with Fit Body wow. Bootcamp. I had no idea what the hell I was going to do, right? I thought I was going to be like a, a marketing guy. I didn't know. It's yeah. like, I had no idea, bro. <laughs> I just wanted to get a job with this guy. So first day I take the job. He says, hey, Rich, you're going to sell for me. I'm like, what the hell? I'm going to sell for you? Mm-hmm. I was like, I have no sales experience. He's like, no, no. He's like, don't worry about it. I'll teach you. Right. So first day I get there, it's on a, uh, uh, I think I start on a Tuesday. He says, Rich, come in my office. He, uh, he, he goes up to a whiteboard and he goes, Hey, this is the sale. Have you ever heard of a uh, Jordan Balfour straight line? Yes. Yeah. Yep. He basically teaches me Jordan Balfour straight line system where he draws a line from like where the sale starts to where the sales end. And he says, you have to keep the prospect on that line. Yep. So he does about a 45 minute sales training on that little system and says, okay, Hey man, look, on Monday, this is on a Tuesday. He says, on Monday, I'm going to mail out to my list and you're going to start slamming a $2,500 coaching program, which was called a seven figure mastermind. Mm-hmm. And so I'm freaking, okay. I'm like, well, it's go time. Like, go I, don't, time. I don't know what the, I mean, <laughs> I've never sold, I've never sold a thing in my life, but okay, cool. Monday comes around. I'm stacked with appointments, man. I got appointments for probably three days. 
And I'm like, oh shoot, like, here we go. Right. Mm -hmm. First, first call, I start taking calls. Sure enough, just like everybody that starts in sales, I didn't know what to do, bro. Yeah. I was, I picked up the phone, I would have a conversation, I would get an objection, I would hang up the phone. And I did that for like the first couple of weeks because like I didn't know what to say. Right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I could go to Bedros because Bedros was just like, he was the type of guy that was like, hey, you need to figure it out. Right? FIO. FIO. Yep. You got to figure it out. And, but what I knew I had at that moment is I had opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. I knew what the, the commission structure was. I knew I had people like that wanted to buy something. So, I mean, I'll like, I'll never forget, man. Like I sucked at sales, right? Like everybody does. I sucked. But what I started doing is I just started following up with people. Mm -hmm. You know, I would get an objection. Hey man, I got to talk to my spouse. Hey man, this sounds great, but just give me 24 hours. Hey man, you know what? Like, you know, I'm going to look at some other things and I'll get back to you, right? The same stuff that everybody gets. Right. I didn't know what the hell to say. Right. So I was just like, okay, cool, Dan, like no problem. Boom, click. And then what I would do, man, my method, right. For anybody listening to this, if you're new in sales, this is my method is I'd get off that phone and I would send the same text message over and over and over until I got response. And basically the text was this, it was like, Hey John, are you still interested in X? So because they were trying to build an on like a, a fitness business and grow their gym, I'd be like, Hey John, were you still interested in building a seven figure gym? Right. That was my text. Mm -hmm. And dude, you'd be amazed. Like first time I sent it, nobody. Right. But like the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time, like eventually they would say, yeah, man, I'm still interested. Right. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I got that, yeah, man, I'm still interested. That just got him like back into the hook. Mm -hmm. Right. And then from there, you'd be surprised, man. I slammed a lot of deals just via text. Wow. It was just like, you're still interested. Yeah, man. And then they would like ask some questions via text. And then I would answer the questions. I would send the payment link and then I would slam the deal. Wow. And so my average order cycle where it should have been a one day close, I was closing people in like in two weeks, mm -hmm. but I had a backlog of people that I was closing because I was, I was having so many conversations. Right. So they weren't closing now, but they were closing later. And then of course, as I started reading more books, I started kind of asking for more feedback. I started doing more sets and reps. I started getting better. Right. And so I was reducing my sales cycle from one, you know, two weeks, I was getting to a week and a half to one week. And then to eventually to a point where I was doing one, one call closers, mm -hmm. right? Like I would talk to somebody for half an hour, close a deal for $2,500. And so dude, this was my journey into sales. And it was, it was radical because I would sit right next to Bedros. He was the, you know, the CEO. And every time I slammed a deal, he said, Hey man, put a check mark on the board. So every time I slammed a deal, I'd put check marks, you know, mm -hmm. and then he saw so many check marks and then he kind of had some more trust in me. He said, Hey Rich, instead of selling my $2,500 mastermind, which you're going to still sell that sell coaching for me. He's like, do you think you can sell coaching at $6,000? So we started at $6,000. I got better. He's like, Hey, do you think we can go to 12,000? Start slamming $12,000 deals over the phone. He's like, do you think we can go to 20,000? Start slamming 20. By the time I left Bedros, we were slamming $50,000 coaching program Jeez. programs over the phone. And majority of the time it was in one call, man. It was like, Hey, you ready to roll? Like you're a perfect fit. You know, mm -hmm. all that to say is Bedros and that experience completely changed my life. Right. I got to see how Bedros operated. I got to learn sales. I got to be under somebody's wing and really understand how they thought what their thought process around sales was. And that just, I mean, that just revolutionized my, it's a different thing to be in proximity, right? Oh, hundred percent. 100%. And there's a quote that says, uh, proximity is power. Mm -hmm. And I 100% believe that. You find anybody that you want to be like at some capacity, 
figure out how to just be around them. Right. Right. Whatever that is, work out with them, freaking go to the coffee with them, just pick their brain, anything you can do to get around them. And so all that to say, man, I know this is a long story, but I, uh, slam deals. Then I went into franchise sales. Cause he was like, Hey man, do you want to get into franchise sales and slam bigger, higher end deals? I was like, yes, he got me into franchise sales. And then I became the franchise uh, sales manager of fit body bootcamp. We had about five or six reps that I was managing at the time. So now if you kind of like look back at this, right, look at the skill sets I was developing. I was first off, first off, I was learning how to be led by a great leader, which was a, it's actually a very big skill set. And then I was learning sales and persuasion because he taught me that. And then I got into sales management where I was learning leadership, right? Mm. How to like command a group of people, how to get people to kind of, um, you follow your lead. Right. And that's a whole nother level of skill set that I hadn't developed. Right. And then before that, if you remember, I learned a little bit about social media. I learned about product development. Right. I learned about how to build websites. So I didn't know at the time, but what I was doing throughout this entire process is I was stacking skill sets, mm -hmm. right. I was stacking mm -hmm. them. I didn't know this at the time. And I became the manager of fit body bootcamp. And I did that for another year. We were slamming 15 to 25 franchises a month. And then I started getting the, uh, I guess you can say the entrepreneurial itch, mm -hmm. right? And I got to a point with Bedros where I felt like, you know what? My time here is done. I want to go on and become like an entrepreneur type of deal. And this was a really freaky time in my life. I left Bedros in uh, 2018, actually to start a Fit Body Bootcamp franchise. Mm -hmm. I was selling franchises and then I bought one myself which was a $25,000 buy-in, $200,000 build out. So I buy a franchise. I leave my job with Bedros. I had some savings because I actually started making money with Bedros and then completely depleted everything, right? Depleted all my savings, everything to go all in on this Fit Body Bootcamp location. We open up in 2019, right? started having panic attacks, right? I went through like probably a year, of, not, about not a year, about eight months of just severe panic attacks, right? Like where I'd be driving down the freeway, heart beats out of my chest. At night, I'd hit a panic attack. And Man. it was kind of, it was a really scary moment in my life, but it drew me closer to God, A, which was really a great benefit. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was preparing me for what's to come. Mm -hmm. Because you know, anybody listening to this, anytime you get out of your comfort zone, start doing stuff that's new, mm -hmm. it shakes up your whole being, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're live, you live in uncertainty. That's right. And as a human, we all want certainty in our yeah. life, right? That's why most people will, they'll, they'll stay at a job they hate just because they know what to expect tomorrow. Right. Right. When you don't know what to expect tomorrow, that's a scary place to be in. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know what to expect. So I had these panic attacks. I had to work through that. I had to learn how to control my emotions, I had to learn how to control my thoughts anxiety, all that stuff. And I learned, and then I went into the business field, man. I started the fit body. We, we I had to figure it out. I was ahead of sales and marketing. I, I opened it with my sister and her husband and I was responsible for bringing money in the door. And so that was another skill set I started learning. I learned how to do marketing, run ads, how to create a, a, a ad copy, which is copywriting, right? Mm -hmm. So now I'm stacking more skill sets. And we got to the gym to a place where it was like 130 members. We were making some money. Then sure enough, COVID hits. Mm, this is around March yeah. 2020. March 2020. Um, and COVID just absolutely just, you know, destroyed the, the gym. And I wasn't a good enough business owner to figure it out at the time. 
and we just went through some <laughs> turmoil. And this was kind of my, my turning point to get to one call closers because um, at this time I had three kids, three kids at this time, we had our fourth on the way man, and uh, we had made some money with Bedros, but now we depleted out all the money to start the fit body bootcamp. Mm -hmm. We, you know, COVID hit. So we got to a point and I'll never forget this day. M my wife and I were sitting in the kitchen and I basically like turned to my wife and I'm like, Hey, look, we're at our last $1,500 just to be completely straight up with you. So we have two options right now. I, how I positioned it. I said, hey, look, I can double down on the gym and try to figure this out and make some money, or I can go back to what I know, which is sales. I knew sales, mm -hmm. right? It was like, it's what I knew working with Bedros. Yep. I said, Hey, I can reach, I can reach out to some of the contacts that I know, and I can try to get a sales, like a, a sales gig and start slamming deals for these influencers. Sure enough, my wife goes, just stay with the fit body, right? She's like, stay with the fit body. It's the only wow. time I didn't take my, my wife's advice. I actually didn't take my wife's advice wow. because while she was saying this, she was crying, you know, she's scared. She's like $1,500. We know we got like three kids, one on the way, horrible, just like a horrible feeling at the time. And so anyways, I'll never forget this. I turned to my wife and this is a true story. I said, Hey babes, look, I know it's scary right now. I know like it doesn't feel good, but I said, someday it's going to be a cool story to tell right? Mm. Someday it's going to be a cool story to tell. And left that conversation immediately after I hit up a guy named Robbie Blanchard. And Robbie Blanchard was a guy that I met through Bedros because I used to sell his masterminds and his coaching programs. Robbie was one of Bedros' students. Mm. And I hit up Robbie and I knew he had a course. I'm like, Hey man, do you need help selling your course? Sure enough, he hits me up within like five minutes. And he's like, Hey man, I need help selling my course. Wow. Yeah. Like, yes. Like within five minutes, Mike, he's like, can you talk right now? Can you get on the phone? And I'm like, yeah, dude, let's do it. This is a Thursday. I talked to Robbie on a Thursday. He says, Hey man, I got an affiliate marketing course. I got leads. I've already hired other sales agencies. Nobody's been able to really work for me. Do you think you could sell this? I'm like, dude, I can sell this. No problem. He's like, all right, can you start on Monday? This is on a Thursday. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> So Monday comes around, Robbie sends me a lead list, right? Cause we didn't have any software and then he just sends me his lead list. He's like, Hey Rich, here you go. Go to town on my leads, try to sell some stuff. I do it for a week. I get a call from Robbie on Friday. Robbie's like, Hey man, um, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with that lead list? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, dude, he's like, you've sold more leads in one week than probably all three of the other sales agencies combined that I've hired over like the last three months. Wow. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, what is like, he's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Right. Like, yeah, he's like, keep doing what you're doing. So I'm like, okay, cool. So that gave me more confidence. Right. I'm like, okay, there's something here. And so the next week goes by and then Robbie's the same thing. He's like, Hey man, look, I'm, I want to come out with a coaching program. I want to charge $10,000. Can you sell this to my leads? I'm like, yeah, dude, I used to do this for Bedros. He's like, all right, well, let's do it. Right. So we started a coaching program. I started slamming deals. He's like, dude, you're selling too many. Can you increase the price? Can we sell it? Can, can we sell it for 20 grand? I'm like, yeah, we can sell it for 20 grand. So I, we start slamming for 20 grand. He's like, well, what about 25 grand? I'm like, yeah, let's do 25. So I start slamming. And then it gets to a point where he's like, dude, cut the coaching program. Like, I don't, I, there's too many, I got, there's too <laughs> many coaching students. It's all one-on-one. -on -one. Like I'm tired of doing the one-on-one -on -one thing. He's like, let's just scale another coaching program where I get coaches underneath me. And so anyways, I get Robbie as this client, which I didn't think of him as, as a client at the time, but I was like, there's something to this model. You know what I mean? Like something's here. And so sure enough, 
I take Robbie on, we're slamming deals. I realize quickly, I got to start hiring people because I have too many leads, right? And, you know, this is kind of where my skill sets came in because I realized that I was just going off of a lead list, right? But it would have been more efficient to have some type of funnel involved with stuff. Mm. So that's where my other skill sets came in. I, I started creating funnels for Robbie, a system to drive the leads through to get more scheduled and qualified appointments. And so, dude, this is how it kind of all happened. And then I'm like, if I can do this for Robbie, I can do this for more people, right? And that's how like One Call Closers was born. I got Robbie on as a client. Then I just, from there, we got Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins on as a client. And then we started getting more influencers. And then the business just started kind of taking off from there. And all the while I had no, to answer your question in the beginning, I had no expectation of, you know, scaling a multi-million dollar business. It was more of an expectation of like, I need to make some money mm -hmm. and this is what I knew. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, all that to be said, that's how like one call closers got started and started getting some traction. And then, you know, now it, it is what it is today, but it was a, it was a journey. It was a journey and a lot of scary moments along the way. So dude, what a freaking incredible story. I mean, to go through so many ups and downs, um, and, and, and trials, tribulations, right. And, and, and doing it with four kids and a wife. Right. And it's oh, just yeah. like so much happening at the same time. It's it's amazing. Um, and it just shows, I think, a lot about your character, your grit, the discipline you have to have pushed through and, and make this all work. Um, so, so that's incredible. Um, at what point did you feel like, you know, was it like after you got Robbie on board as a client? Maybe was it after getting the second client, right, Dean and Tony? Or at what point did you feel like there's something bigger here in the vision? I think we can do a lot more than what I originally had maybe anticipated. So I knew I knew early on. I knew early on, I was like, this is it. When I found Robbie, because I knew a lot of people just like Robbie, mm -hmm. right? I was mm -hmm. thinking in my head, I'm like, dude, Robbie's not the only guy out there. Right. Remember, I was looking up online businesses back in 2015. Mm -hmm. So I knew that like, dude, if I can do this for Robbie, there are so many Robbies out there. And I knew this was the gold mine, right? Like I knew it, like when I was selling for Robbie, I just knew in my head, I said, Rich, this is it. This is it. This is it. And I told my family, Hey, I want to take a quick break and introduce you to the Closers Network. If you're not inside the Closers Network yet, you should join us. It's completely free. And five days a week, we're going to go live with hands-on sales coaching. So you can join our coaches live, get feedback to your most pressing questions, increase your monthly commissions, and also land better remote closing opportunities. We have everything you need inside the Closers Network to skyrocket your income. And it's completely free. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to join the 4,500 plus students that are inside right now, smashing deals, come mastermind with us. And all you got to do is just click the link down below. It's in the description for you and we can't wait to see inside and I told everybody I even I'll tell you this I even looked at my dad and again I'm not blaming my parents or anybody but you know I didn't come from a I didn't necessarily come from a family of big thinking right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the, the path that they wanted for me was like hey look into Costco's look into UPS look into you know these are good jobs they good provide companies, benefits you get a pension you get you know the 401k Go be a firefighter. What maybe a cop, right? Security. Like, security. Yeah. This is the this is what they told me. I'm not blaming them, but it's just kind of the mentality that we had, right? We were a middle class family, and that's how the middle class thinks, just yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And I looked at my dad one day and I said, Dad, like, you don't understand. Like, 
I'm going to make, I'm going to make over a million dollars. I'm going to make over a million dollars doing this. And I'll never forget the look on my dad's face. He, it was a look of like, Rich, that's cool. like, cool. Like, you know, like it was like a pipe dream, right? Yeah. Like a million yeah. dollars, Rich, like, let's be honest here. Like you ain't going to make no million dollars. At least that's, that's how, how I, I took it. That's how you took that's it. That's how I took it. Just by looking at Did that create face. a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, you think? I don't know. It's a good question. I didn't really think about it at the time. But now that I, I look back at that moment, it was just like, it might have created some fuel in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't like to think like that. I don't like to try to have a chip on my shoulder about stuff. Sure. You know, because I try to keep it in perspective of like, hey, I want to do this because I want to do this. Not right. because I'm of an expectation of somebody else. But it might have. Added, added some fuel to the fire. Maybe, I think a little so. Bit. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Because at the end of the day, it's your dad. But then it's kind of like, okay, yeah. now I got to prove myself. Now I got to prove myself. Yeah. yeah. Because the words came out of my mouth. Exactly. You know, I was committed. Yep. It was like, once the words come out, you don't want to, you don't want to not do it. Yeah. You know, you weren't interested. You were committed. I was committed at that point. That's right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what I'll say. As like, as soon as I got Robbie, I knew it. And I even told my, I, my family, family didn't approve of it, but it's okay. It's like part of the journey right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of my family works inside one call closers. Isn't that crazy? And now they're part of the journey with us. Right. When at first, it was like rich is nuts. Mm-hmm. What the hell is this guy doing? Right. And so let me ask you this, Rich. So how much of some of the stuff, I mean, from, from pulling up to Bedros, meeting him, feeling like, man, this guy's kind of in the realm of where I want to be. He's coaching the people that I'm already following. How much of along the way did you feel like your intuition was guiding you? Like, did you trust that instinct that you had? Like, or, or was it just like when you, I think you mentioned maybe it felt like the right thing to do it. Like, do you feel like that intuition was there and kind of guiding you? And did you trust that? Well, no. So no, not really. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So the the intuition that I had was my wife. Mm -hmm. My wife was my intuition because had it not been for my wife that said, Hey, you can do this. I believe in you. Like, cause when, when you have a group of people, when you're telling your friends and family and they're like, dude, you're nuts. <laughs> that don't instill belief in you, no, right? Yeah. Like you need to get belief from somewhere, right? And I got it from my wife. She was just like the whole time, man. She was just like, hey, look, you, we can do it. Like you can do it. You can do it. You can make it happen. Like she even told me one time sitting on the couch, she's like, I don't know why, but I just have this feeling you're going to build an empire one day. Mm. And I'm like, you really think so? This she's is like, after? No, this is before. This is before. This is before. Okay. She's like, I just have this feeling. I just have this feeling. I'm like, really? You think so? She's like, yeah, I sense it. She's like, I, I just, and my, my wife has this gift of, um, of, of like what you say, intuition. Mm-hmm. She has this gift of, um, I, what's the, I don't even know what the right word would be, but it's like discernment. Discernment. She just, she, she really just understands situations and she has this keen ability to, to see what people can actually achieve. I don't know. And, and so that's my intuition. If it would have been me, I probably wouldn't have done it because I didn't have that much. Like my, my friend, my family wasn't going to say, Hey, go do it. Who was going to tell me to do it? Right. It was the only person was my wife. Mm-hmm. And so when I had her backing, I just took that as permission to keep going. You know, yeah. just keep going. Yeah. Like she believes in you. Like, okay, if she believes in me, I'll just keep going. 
And so that, I think that was really it, Mike, honestly. I think that's what it was. What about the one time you mentioned you didn't listen to her, which is kind of when you ventured yeah, off. Yeah, that's true. What, 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 where did that come from? Like what made you feel or do feel like I got to do this right now? Was it just like, and I'm assuming here, but like, was it maybe, Hey man, like even though she's saying like, stick it out, stay out the yeah. body, make this work. It's kind of like, man, I'm the man of the house. I gotta, I got four kids. I got bills to pay. Like I got to do something to generate some money right yeah. now. Like where did that come from? I think so because I was at my last $1,500 and I just knew I had to make something happen fast. Wow. And so in my mind was like, I could go with the gym route, but that's not going to be quick. Right. Like right. I knew it wasn't going to be quick. It was going to take time. Yeah. And I was like, I need something faster. Mm -hmm. Like, how am I going to get money like tomorrow? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so the only thing I can think of is like, well, if I can sell something today, I can get paid tomorrow. You know, yeah. that was yeah. the only thing I could, I could think of. And so, um, and so that's, that's, that was the intuition on it. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I, I'm going to, I'm going to try this out because if this is, the, if I can do this, I'm going to get paid a lot quicker. And that was just my mentality, like a fear. It was just a fear of not having money. And so that fear led me to not listening necessarily to my wife and, and trying a different route. Wow. Wow. Dude, talk about a story. 